Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. Hey, my dear, this is Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom and host of the daily podcast, Wisdom Smack. I want to ask you, do you need a hug? Do you need to feel the touch of somebody else? Has it been a long time? Or do you need to get away from the people that are you're locked in the house with and you need new people to touch? And Oh, that sounds horrible. But anyway, I digress. I want to invite you to join me today as we talk about the need for closeness. But we are also going to be getting into the type of closeness, the important closeness that matters. So join me on the flip as we talk about relevant closeness. I'll see you soon. Thank you for joining me. So today we're going to be talking about closeness, but we're going to be talking about relevant closeness and why it matters and the wisdom around this issue. Now, the way I have this set up is we're going to talk about it from two different angles. We're going to talk about it from the physicality of touch and human connection. And then we're going to talk a little bit more about it as it pertains to the longevity. What happens after we get through this pandemic and we are able to figure out our new normal in relation to closeness? Okay, so stick with me. So let's get into it. First of all, I want to look at the the term relevant so that we can have a boundary of how we're going to be using this term today. And so when we talk about relevant, relevant is what is important? What is uh, the matter at hand? And if we look at it, and you know, you guys already know, I love to get my etymology on. And so in the 16th century, it was known as that which is pertinent to the matter at hand. And so relevance in that regard was more so of an organizational issue to keep people, I guess, on on track. But uh It has not really veered away from what it means now. And when something has a a current meaning, a contemporary meaning that's close to what it started out as, it tends to have a lot of uh, energetic power to it. And so that is why I am coupling closeness with relevance because people, it matters. And so Looking at it in today's uh, view, some uh, other words that you could possibly list are synonyms, if you will, when you think about relevance is importance, purpose, um, application, or even um, congruity. 
So we want to not be um, ignorant. We don't want to do things out of folly or get ourselves in trouble. And with social distancing, with each passing day, it gets more and more perilous for a lot of people who have not ever been put to task or the pressure of having to deal with a world without regular or spontaneous or the uh, the freedom to have human connection and contact on demand. And I my heart goes out because I'm continuing to see more and more people who are casualties of the virus, but they never had it. It is their casualties of the virus because they can't handle the isolation and the social distancing. And I will say this, that even as babies, when we come into this earth, they have actual studies of the effects of what happens to the overall health, immunity, uh, um, the immune systems, and the mental health of newborns so much that people can volunteer after, of course, they're vetted and stuff, to come and be volunteers to hold certain babies that don't get uh, that attention or whose parents are, are not with them for whatever reason, because it's that important. And in case you didn't realize, we're still human and we still need that interaction. We still need that touch. We still need to be cuddled, to um, be acknowledged, to a hand on the shoulder even from time to time. And we are at this particular point in um, the fight to flatten the curve in the United States, it's starting to bear down on people because some people are moving into the fifth week. Some people are turning the bend around fourth and third, and it's starting to grade. It is starting to uh, show the frayed ends of how perilous and what kind of razor's edge some people are who never probably realized how much they depended on the ability to be close, all right? And this is not to be a Debbie Downer. It's simply to call attention to it so that once you know better, you can do better and you can allow wisdom to guide you because we want to use common good sense. We don't want to use common bad sense. And the reason why we're even having this conversation is because there are drivers within us when we are thrust into that primal brain of survival. And for some people, more so than others, because we have different levels of, de- of needing actual physical touch and none is no, no one is better than the other. But for those people who have a high need for physical touch and physical interaction, they're going through a lot because people shame them. Let them go out and get too close to somebody. Someone's taking a picture. The other day, a journalist was uh, raked over the coals because they are suffering from the coronavirus. And yet and still, they were seen, I think, outside of their home. And I don't want to really say that I know everything about it because it was at a passing glance. And someone put them on blast 
because they were seen outside of their home and their family was around them. Now, I don't know if the family was in contact with them, but I was like, wow, that's that's really something because if you're trying to fight the ravages of the COVID-19 um, virus that's assaulting your body, one of the best things you can do is go outside, you know, in your home. It, I, I don't believe this person was walking around and touching and breathing on people, but go outside, get some of that good vitamin D, get that fresh air, because sometimes the air in your home can be more detrimental than the air outside. And so I was like, wow. So we've moved to that stage of where people get shamed for their need to get outside, um, you know, to replenish their body and their body's ability to do its normal processes and to fight. Um, last time I checked, the sun uh, helps to give our bodies a reset, helps our melanin levels to come back online, helps our vitamin D production, and so many other things. It helps uh, with our well-being, our overall well-being. That's a lot of reason why when you draw a picture of the sun, it's always got a smiley face on it. And so there's that. But then with this closeness, this this social distancing issue, it's wrecking havoc silently on people who have a fear in their need. And that's where you start to get cognitive dissonance, where they are like, I can't go outside. But then they need to go out. They, they need human connection and human touch. And so these two things war. And when you are isolated, I talked about this. Um, uh, I, well, anyway, I've talked about it recently. And I've talked about how when you get to that time where you have to be still, the angel or the monster starts to show up. And that is that person, that you, that you don't normally give attention to. And it may have been quite a while since you did work to make that that part of you as healthy as possible. And it can be very harsh. Um, I mean, I can just tell you from my standpoint of dealing with my internal critic, that uh, hateful narrator in my mind that that paints uh, stories and and narratives that are not truthful, but are very convincing. And I have to battle with her daily. And so I can only imagine what happens when maybe you have someone who has not uh, been um, fortunate enough because I'm not going to say they knowingly didn't do this, but who hasn't been fortunate enough to understand that just like everything else in your life and just as important as exercise for your body, you have to exercise your psychology, your, your identity, the person who you are when no one is looking. And when you're thrust into a situation where you have to self-isolate, whether it be by yourself and deal with that person, or, and this is just as deadly, and when I say deadly, I'm talking about it can be detrimental to your health, uh, or isolating with family and having to be in this confined space with them day in and day out without 
a chance to go and have your alone time, your separate time, it can be caustic on your ability to stay upbeat. Many people are starting to report um, noticeable mood swings. One day they'll be just fine. The next day they can't seem to shake the blues. More people are dealing with the eruption of suppressed anger that has been being pushed down for a long time that they didn't even realize was there. And the sad part, a lot of them don't even realize that they've got this suppressed anger and rage and frustration because by the time it erupts, it doesn't come with instructions on how it got there, what caused it to be there. It's just there. And so you got a lot of people that are starting to have issues and most of them don't even realize that what they, of what they're experiencing. And relevant closeness helps us to be able to work through it, to fuse through it, to uh, process it, and sometimes just to love it away. Have you ever had a, a chance, not a chance, but an incident where there was some type of emotional turmoil and You didn't even need words. It was that other person, whether it was a significant other, a parent, a child, a friend, a lover, but somebody who just looked at you and knew and they opened their arms and they sat with you. They rocked you. They held you and nothing had to be said. And once it was once you were able to express and expend that sadness, that anger, that hurt, whatever it was, you were better. It was like medicine because guess what? It was medicine. And so when we talk about this relevant closeness, I do want you to understand that we are talking about that important closeness that gives you an outlet for uh, getting rid of and processing All the stuff that is thankfully, because we're glad, is starting to come up. All of that hardened, compacted, uh, dead, draining energy that because we have been forced to slow down is now finally uh, starting to bubble up to the surface so it can be broken up and released away from your life. But a lot of times there's a lot of trauma a lot of shock, a lot of confusion. And even if the person is not a qualified mental professional, as long as they are able to hold a space for you, they help you. I don't know how many times people have gone out with friends. They were dealing with something. They went out with friends, hung out, played darts, went to the uh, bar, laughed, talked, told stories, never touched on that situation. And when they went home, they got the first good night of sleep because they were able to let off. And what do we call it? Let off some steam. They were able to have the therapy of the group around them. And think about how if you haven't had that in a month or more, how detrimental that can be to your psyche and to your health, physical, emotional, and psychically. Okay. And so relevant closeness matters. I And I am not going to tell you, go and find your friends and hang out with them. No, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is when you know better, you do better. And because at this particular time, 
there really isn't any end in sight for our current predicament because we really do need to do what is needful to break break the um, the cycle of the infections. But what you can do is you can talk face to face on uh, Zoom or or FaceTime or Instagram, whatever you need to do. And I will say this: when you are having that human connection and you're able to talk face to face, look eye to eye. That is a big therapy. Even if you can't be in physical connection and physical contact with that that other person, look each other in the eyes when you speak. Look each other in the eyes when you are laughing and talking and and sharing. And you will get some release. You will get some relief. I do not want to hear of more people, young and old, taking themselves out of here because of the onslaught of of the boogeyman that happens in the dark night of the soul when no one is around to snatch you back and to hold you and to connect with you and to lend you some of their energy when you don't feel like you can go on. So please understand that there is an importance in closeness. And if you can't be physically close, You can be visually close. And as you're visually close, not just with your eyes, open yourself, use your arms, gesticulate as you're talking, laugh, explore your senses. Have it be where if you need to cry, let them know this is one of those days I just probably need to just, if you don't mind, we can even take turns. I cry. And you sit with me and then you cry and I sit with you or something like that. But do not try to make like everything is fine. I'm really blessed that I do have those kinds of friendships and relationships where I'm able to do that because I do know a little bit. I'm not going to say I know it all, but I know a little bit on what it takes to keep me mentally, psychically and physically healthy. And a good laugh, getting a chance to talk with people and see their faces, uh, getting a chance to uh, do three ways with family members and laugh and and share and reminisce. It helps. Now, is it the best? No, but it's better than trying to just go it alone and keep to yourself because social distancing should not be called social distancing, in my opinion. It should be called something more like physical distancing because we still need to be social. We still need to be social. So now let me just kind of make a shift here and talk about it for your personal betterment and some wisdoms that uh, we can set up now that we've talked about how it can impact you or those that you know or love or whatever. So one of the things about closeness that I didn't realize until I was looking at all of these tragic tales of people was uh, that a lot of times I'm noticing as I'm uh, looking at the stories and things that they have a certain amount of distance between them and the next person, whether it's their family or, or otherwise. So Say, for instance, you are feeling it. You're really feeling the isolation. 
One of the things that you know not to do, but yet and still you can't help yourself is to go on social media and look at celebrities and influencers and what they're doing. And the reason why that is not a wise thing is because of how much distance it is between them and you. Everything that you see is not necessarily the truth, and you know that. But everything that you see has a meaning, whether you consciously or subconsciously give it to yourself. So if you see a celebrity coming on and in the background, their family is there, they're laughing, they're talking, they've got, it seems like they have everything they need. They're in the most comfy clothes and they look like they are your best friend. They look just like you, except for they're not. And they're not because the house is probably pristine because they trust and know they probably still have someone living there who's paid to do that. And they can they can dis- social distance with them uh, because they have been around them and are not danger to e- either one. Number two, they are paid to paint the sunny picture. And what people tend to do without realizing it is unconsciously or sometimes even consciously, we start to lust for that aspirational something. And when you see someone that you know, it would take me a long time to get to that life, even if I, I mean, even if I didn't want it, um, you have to be careful and monitor yourself that you don't look at them and then look at yourself in your situation and say, you know, and, and start coming down on yourself. So one of the things about relative closeness is that I want you to find people who are your comrades, find people who are, you know, in your tribe, find people who could be your neighbors down the street. You know, it doesn't mean that they physically live in the place you live in, but find folks who matriculate in the same kind of life that you do and and watch them, support them. Because I'm going to tell you, there are a lot of people online right now sharing and giving, and they are not the superstars. They are not the um, board uh, athletes. They are not the uh, chilling at home uh, entertainers and, and uh uh, movie stars. They're everyday people who have no problems letting you see the laundry basket sitting on the floor behind them of the clothes that are about to go into the wash while they're cooking and showing you. I watched the cutest video today of a guy who was showing us how to make, are you ready for this? Mustard fried chicken. Now, of course, I'm not going to eat that. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm not going to eat it, but it was just for entertainment. And he was just as happy uh, in his home doing his thing. And like I said, you can see stuff behind him. And it made it made me smile. He, it made me reminiscent of my own brother. He sounded like him. And I and it it I noticed it immediately that by just even having that connection and that smile with him, I felt a little bit of stress leave. And of course, when my brother gets off work, I'm probably going to call him and, and, and make him talk to me, make him talk to his sister. <laughs> but still, it was so therapeutic. And I didn't even realize until I started putting together the notes, finishing up the notes, I should say, finishing up the notes for uh, what I wanted to talk to you about today, that there is a wisdom 
and not trying to compare yourself with someone who is not in your frequency, not in your lane, as the kids would like to say, or and that maybe that you relate to someone who's maybe just a few, a few steps in front of you instead of you're here on 50 and they're up on a thousand and you have to fight your depression or your sadness because you're on 50 and they're on a thousand. We don't need to necessarily put, not necessarily, we don't need to needlessly put ourselves in predicaments where we can add on to any kind of frustration, depression, angst, longing, lusting, covening, any of those things that would further take away from our ability to be uh, healthy, healthy in our minds, our hearts, our souls, our beings, okay? The next thing is, is what I want you to do is as you are going about your day, I want you to start doing check-ins and you don't have to time them. Now, if you're that kind of person, you're very, you're high conscientious. I am not, but you're high conscientious. Yeah. You can say, okay, I'm going to split my 10 hours of my most um, active part of the day into every two hours. And I'm going to stop and do a check-in. And when I say do a check-in, I want you to do a check-in where it's kind of like you do a systems test. You check to see, am I breathing okay? Am I too hot or I'm too cold? Is everything on me, my feet, my hands, my head? Are we all in sync? Are we all okay? Have I been taking in deep breaths as I sit at my desk? Because that's a that's an issue, y'all. Um, studies have shown that the more you sit, the shallower your breathing becomes, especially if you're staring at a computer. So breathe deeply, okay? You know, um, how uh, how how is my uh, well being? Uh, am I? And I've seen people do you know by color. Am I feeling uh, green, yellow, red, or blue? You know, check in and see how you're feeling. Uh, I think those colors came from the In and Out Pixar movie or, or whatever. But you get the gist of what I'm saying. Do those check ins, and that will make you become more mindful and catch you before you spend an entire 24-hour cycle or weeks of doing this without realizing that because you can't have the physical touch that's therapeutic, instead you're listfully and wistfully looking at something that you possibly can't have in the immediate future, and but yet and still, you're still comparing yourself to it. Don't do that. Yes, it is great to check in on what your your faves, your your stands, you know, your your favorite celebrities are doing. But in the meantime and in between time, check in with your friends. Check in with people who are like you. And you don't necessarily have to be known friends to them. You can, you know, like I said, there are so many people that are going online and sharing of themselves. They're opening up their homes. They're letting people see what they do. And this is a time when we can truly come together because some therapy is better than no therapy. And so we have to realize that the relevance, what is important for us, is not necessarily what is aspirational for us. Think of it in distance. If this is a person that, if given the opportunity, you'd be you'd be hanging with every day. Um, they're they're more like you than not, whether it's in their demographics, their uh, culture, or whatever. 
that person that you possibly even just look at on what they provide on social media would be way more therapeutic than looking at someone who you find yourself saying, oh, these are goals. This is what I hope to work for. Because you do that too much and you don't have anything to buffer it with and there's no um, ability to have connection, whether you are alone self-distancing or you're locked up in the house with people and now y'all gotten to straight up acrimony where it's just acid, <laughs> you know? And I'm not, I, I forgive me for laughing, but I do know it's hard sometimes when you live with people and they can be cantankerous and you're all working on each other's nerve. That's just as bad as, you know, having to self-distance alone. There is still isolation. And one of the worst isolations is when you're in a crowded room and you feel alone. That one to me is worse than if there's physically no one there. So I don't want you to mistake this opportunity to stay as healthy as possible. Yes, get your exercise. Yes, try to get your eat on. You know, eat as well as you can and you and 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 do what you can. But also don't neglect the fact that we are made to be human beings, connecting, touching, having touch. We come here encased in a in an earthly fleshly body that contributes to our welfare. As babies, we come needing to be cuddled and kissed and loved. We come needing to have eye contact. That's why when you have the babies and their eyes are so big and they're looking at you, they're connecting to your soul. They're feeding uh, their, their little psyche with the goodness that you give them, the love and attention that you show them, the wonderment that is revealed in your eyes when you look at them. So if they need it, how much more do you think you you need it? They just got here and you've been slugging along on this earthly plane for a long time. So you need it as well. Do what you can and you must to take care of yourself, to find closeness that's relevant to you, that's important to you, that is pertinent to the matter of you staying healthy. If you find that there are people or situations that don't cause you to be in a good space mentally, emotionally, or physically, do what you can. And for those dear people, if you are listening to this and you find that you're in a contentious environment where, you know, there might be some type of abuse, and I'm not just talking about physical, I'm talking about mental and emotional as well. Do what you can to find some type of buffer and it might be where you start to find locations online that you can find refuge in. Um, and maybe it's a standing appointment every night at a certain time. You all get together and you have a Zoom party where you can see each other and you can laugh and slough off all of the stuff that you've had to endure at a time like this. And so guess what, y'all? Mm-hmm. My time really is up. But I do want to thank you for yours. I don't take it for granted that you come and you hang out with me every day. As I've said before, and I'll say it again now, you all, I consider you part of my family. I tell you the things that I I, I go through and that I learn and that I want to share. And I, I feel like this is my legacy and this is part of my purpose for being here. That's why it's a joy to come to you daily. So with that being said, 
please don't forget to check the show notes. Like, share, subscribe. If there's something you'd like for me to cover or, or consider for a podcast, reach out. Let me know. And because this is a daily podcast, I am going to see you tomorrow. This has been Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom. See you later. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.